0: I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. And we We are are Collateral Collateral Gaming. Gaming. Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420 friendly podcast, so smoke it if you've got it. Legally, that is, Collateral Gaming does not endorse any illegal activities. However, we do understand that the listening and viewing experience of podcasts is best enhanced by certain recreational, all natural substances. However, if the consumption of such substances is illegal in your state or country then uh, understand that you are doing so at your own risk
1: yeah but we here at collateral cinema we condone all of it all everything <laughs> all the, the whole gamut what, whatever you want oh
2: goodness
0: my name is ashley chancellor fun fact i once possessed 0.001 percent of shaggy's power when i cosplayed him at a party bullshit now Bull- i run a pseudo successful podcast so uh make of that what you will
1: yeah pseudo Pseudo being the key term there. Yeah. Oh. Pseudo podcast.
0: I'll, I'll accept it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here today with the other half of the Chancellor Brothers, Dakota Chancellor. <laughs> and uh, we're also chilling here with uh, Bo Maddox and Robert Ortegon of Collateral Cinema. Hey, everybody. Uh, yo, yo, yo. So uh, we decided we'd go ahead and give him a couple mics, let him uh, punch in some comments here and there. It looks like Bo is playing the game that we're doing right now. What do you think about that?
1: It's interesting so far. I just talked to this uh, Santa Claus-looking motherfucker here. He's sitting at a campfire, (laughs) and uh, I'm just running around in a nice... little uh, valley or something.
2: Well, if you couldn't figure it out already from what Bo has given us, this wonderful description. But uh, what game is it we're playing, Ash? The
0: Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Woo! This is a game I have been super stoked to talk about. Uh, This is one of my all-time favorite games, if not my all-time favorite game, right up there with The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Uh, They're kind of tied at the first spot equally in my mind. But uh, ever since we thought up to do this podcast, Uh, I've been thinking about doing a Zelda game. And we put a poll up there. We we let the people decide because I put my two favorites out there. That
2: was it. Your two favorites.
0: And, uh, well, actually, there was a tie. But due to a tiebreaker with one of my friends, the public decided that Breath of the Wild was the first one we're going to talk about. Yep. Don't worry. We'll still talk about the other one later. Oh, yeah. Next season, we're going to do Majora's Mask. And then the season after that, we'll be doing another Zelda. And we'll
2: just keep going. We'll keep going. There's so many Zelda games. Might as well just keep it going, you know?
0: Speaking of which, uh, The Legend of Zelda, that's something I really want to get into. Uh, I set aside a whole talking point just to introduce Zelda, since this is our very first Zelda episode this season, Dakota... Now, you're not nearly as involved in the game fandom, but I know that we've both played a lot of Zelda. I know that I've introduced you to a lot of Zelda. And What, what do you think?
2: Oh, I love Zelda. I love the, the lore, the story, uh, everything that goes on in um, the games. I, I started with, oh, which one was my first one? I believe it was Wind Waker. Wind like, Waker was my first. I think Wind Waker was my first as well. I played Wind Waker, and I played a little bit of Spirit Tracks, Phantom Menace, and the DS. Yeah. I had both of those. That was fun. Um, and then I played the original Zelda, and then I played a little bit of Ocarina of Time. And you know, I, I loved them all. I mean, they've been, they're wonderful games. Did
0: you say Phantom Menace? I did. That's Phantom Hourglass, bro. Oh, whatever.
2: You're mixing up fandoms?
1: (laughs) Stop thinking of fanboys. Star Wars.
0: (laughs) So, The Legend of Zelda, this is a game series that's so beloved by the game community. I mean, every game that comes out, every mainstream title gets a 9 or a 10 out of 10 in most gaming magazines and game reviews. Well earned. Yeah. This is a franchise that's been going strong for over 30 years now. It's crazy. In fact, the very first game of the series was released on this day, 1986. Of course, I'm speaking from the point of view of the day I'm going to be recording this. It's actually the day before Valentine's Day today for us. Yeah. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) But for y'all, it should be February 21st, uh, which is the day the very first Legend of Zelda game came out, the Hyrule Fantasy. Oh, yeah. And the gaming community has been rocked ever since. In fact, this is a series that in many ways has influenced the gaming industry of today, the action-adventure genre. Uh, Puzzles. High fantasy as it's represented in gaming. Yeah. So, and with each entry, like I said, the games are highly praised. They're always giving great scores. Uh, This isn't another series like Call of Duty or Assassin's Creed where they're just pumping out titles every year. Instead, these games are built from the ground up it takes them years. You know, every Zelda game, every main series Zelda game uses a different engine. Every single one. They don't reuse assets. How many of the years did they spend uh, making Breath of the Wild? Breath of the Wild. Let's see. The first uh, the first time it was announced was ooh. I mean, it would have been even before that, but it, it, it's been out there for at least five years before it came out. Yeah. It was sitting around. Um, they had, had announced it, that there was going to be an, a, a game, you know. And everyone expected it, of course, after Skyward Sword, after which they released several other titles in Multiple, yeah. Of uh, some, like, portable titles, handheld titles, in order to uh, keep the fans from starving. Yeah, what? Link Between Worlds, right? That was one of them? Yeah. I remember that one. I never
2: played it, but I saw you play it on your DS.
0: But what sets Zelda apart? Why is it so beloved by the gaming community? Well, being one of the defining action-adventure games uh, to exist, it sets quite a few tropes, and several of those are really what makes gaming so special. I wanted to be a game designer because of playing The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. I remember coming into it, and for the first time, like I just felt so invested in the storyline. I felt like, you know, I was in the first Dungeon Dragon Roost Cavern. I really felt like I was this boy who had been thrust into this world world.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. You're totally right. You feel so involved in the story.
0: Such an immersive feeling. And that's just only made better by and in ways defined by the puzzle solving aspects. Now, for me, I've always prided myself on appreciating intellectual type things. I know that comes off as a little pretentious, but I I like to be challenged. I like my brain to be active. And so for me to pick a game that I love so much, it really had to do something for me. And I immediately got that with Zelda, the sense of figuring things out you know solving the puzzle and and then the rewarding chime at the end did you know that uh I believe it was Miyamoto who said that, or maybe may, may have been Aonuma, who said that uh intentionally making the player feel like they're smarter than they are. You're right. Is a key aspect of, of solving puzzles, like puzzle type games. Even if it's something that, you know, would normally be considered simple, if you present it to the player in a way that in that
2: aha moment and you make them feel smarter, you've accomplished something. You know what? Playing Breath of the Wild, I really felt that. I mean, I would finish a shrine, you know, and I'd be like, wow, how did I figure that out? Like, you know, it just you're using your brain in great ways and it's pretty cool. Yes, exactly. Every time you hear that noise, you know yes. they did something right.
0: So not only that, but it's the amount of effort that goes into each game. Uh, it's the deep story that's interwoven. And even though gameplay historically has always come first with Zelda, story remains just as important. Um, and the developers are definitely concerned with producing a story that's worth telling for generations.
2: A legend. Oh, yeah.
3: The history of the royal family of Hyrule is also the history of the Calamity Ganon,
0: a primal evil that has endured over the ages.
3: Until now, it was all for nothing. open your
0: eyes now one of the most beloved titles in the zelda franchise itself of course is the legend of zelda ocarina of time this is a game that has stood on a pedestal for a very long time it's a game that's been considered the definitive zelda it was the transition from 2d to 3d it was for a long time considered the most revolutionary title in the series I yeah. mean, you've heard all all about Ocarina of Time growing oh, up.
2: Oh yeah, and to think that it's still on this pedestal that you mentioned for so long. I mean, it came out on the six, Nintendo 64. Yeah, I mean, that's a long time.
0: Well, and the main reason why it's defined that way is that it set the standard for 3D Zeldas. Right. And so you have uh, the Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, even Skyward Sword to an extent that use the same format that was started with Ocarina of right. Time. The same basic control scheme, the same concept, the same ideas, and that hasn't really been redefined since this newest one, Breath of the Wild. Uh-huh. Now, breath of the wild can now be considered i believe anyway the next revolutionary entry in the series since ocarina of time and in many ways it takes the game from what would be considered the stage before i don't know the 3ds to the hds or you could say to taking the series to the true open world as it's defined today and it does so by completely refreshing the series in so many ways
2: i mean right off the bat dakota you've noticed quite a few changes oh yeah definitely i mean you you, there's different things you do like for instance in the this game, you have the runes versus the actual items, right? There's the same tropes, the same you know, always having like bombs in the game, for instance. Yeah, but there's a lot of things that stay the same. The the way puzzles are done, you know, dungeons, a boss at the end of every dungeon, you know, the same tropes same kind of things. So yeah,
0: yeah. So it combines some things that are completely new with some series staples that it it manages to maintain, and yet it's so different that several gamers felt like it didn't feel like a Zelda game. That's a common argument I've seen. Um, and I was tempted to think along those lines too. Too, just because of how different it is from the Ocarina of Time staple, right. which in and of itself is kind of its own its own era um, that just ended now. An era that we thought would continue forever, but of course. After a while, ideas get stale. And what happened with Breath of the Wild is it changed that formula so much that people felt like, you know, this is a good game. I hear this often. This is a good game, but it's not a Zelda game. I have to completely disagree. Because you have to go back and remember what truly defines Zelda. And to do that, you can't go back as far as Ocarina. You have to go as far back as the original. You're right. And I've played the original, um... Which is a lot to say from someone born in ninety five. Yeah. After it was released. But I, I've played through the original. Uh the difficulty curve was something that truly impressed me and gave me this sense like, you know, games used to be more difficult than they are now. But that isn't true either. Yep. Um, you just it, it's a pendulum and it and, and in many ways, as the market continues to focus on the more hardcore gamers, we see the pendulum swing back in the favor of high difficulty. Right. And so Breath of the Wild definitely brings that difficulty back. Yeah. I mean there's so many things. It, it, it's, it's actually a meme at this point. How many ways you can die in Breath of the
2: Wild. <laughs> You're right.
0: You know, right off in the beginning, you can get killed by any enemy. Um, You can get struck by lightning. You can fall to your death on a wet slope from raining.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, just in the beginning of the game, I mean, you'll fight enemies and they can kill you in one hit.
0: And the one way in which the game is introduced harkens back to the very first game in many ways. In fact, some people felt that this game was not in and of itself a remake of the original. And it's not. I think it, it's it's a separate enough concept but the one thing it does definitely harken back very intentionally is that you're thrust into a world
2: with almost no instruction, right? And there's help for people that want it, but the game doesn't hold your hand either. No, you're right, it doesn't. I mean, there's there's a there's a kind of a linear path you should take to you know learning the story. But at the same time, you can do whatever you want. You can skip whole tutorials. Not only
0: that, but the dungeons can be completed in any order. Any order, you're right. And if you want, as soon as you get out of the tutorial segment uh, off the Great Plateau, you can go fight Ganon. Yeah. You'll get your ass whooped, but you can fight Ganon. So, Dakota, now you haven't completed the game 100%. I just started to get you to play this one. Oh, yeah.
2: But what are you most impressed with so far? I-, I love how this game sets like a whole new staple for the open world feel. You know? I like, like when I we played Fable, I loved, it felt open world, but this game it sets a whole new staple. It sets a whole new way of, of imagining Zelda. You know, you you start off in an, in an area and then you, you fly off of it and it's just, once you leave the Great Plateau, it's like, you have so much to do. You don't know where to start. You know, there's so much going on it's it's such an open beautiful feeling and i love that
0: certainly uh, i think it definitely sets a new standard for both the open world format and the zelda formula right and we're going to talk about the former in a little bit here but in particular thinking about what makes a zelda game a zelda game what's the first thing that comes to mind
2: oh dungeons for sure
0: dungeons yes and that's really the meat of gameplay here and it, in many ways breath of the wild kind of i don't want to say diminishes that but it makes so many other things also important that right. in know Way it's not that the dungeons disappear into the background, but well, let's just let's just talk about it. Yeah, let's go ahead and say it. So the thing with Breath of the Wild is that it only features four dungeons, which is unusual. In Zelda Games, we're used to uh seven to twelve. Right. And these dungeons aren't in any way particularly longer than some others in the series, but they are very interesting and they're very new. Right. In previous entries, of course, especially with the Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time Standard, um, dungeons were used. Usually set around the mechanism of an item you're right and there was that aha moment where in the middle of the dungeon you acquired said item and then you were able to turn the tables on that mm-hmm. dungeon in order to access new areas and then finally you would generally use that item to defeat the boss usually yes now we've still got somewhat of that structure here i mean we've got a dungeon we've got a key ability that allows you to turn the up- dungeon upside down literally in this literally. case
2: literally yeah you use the map and then that's followed by a boss
0: uh in this case though there are no longer dungeon items i as the dungeons are meant to be played in any order that the player desires, yes, even more free than the very first Zelda game was, where you could complete some dungeons in different orders, but there was somewhat of a structure. There were sort of certain dungeons you could only do before others. In this game, those four dungeons can be completed in any order as soon as you get off of the Great Plateau. Yep. And the key to turning these dungeons over in this case are the dungeons themselves, because the dungeons themselves are called the Divine Beasts. There are four of them. Uh, Varu. The Dania, Vameado, Varuta, and Va Neboris. And they are these sort of giant automaton animals that are uh, part of an ancient technology which is a motif in this game of course is that this this there's this ancient technology left behind by
2: the Shika, who are always a cool race right always have been and it's weird this ancient technology it's almost sort of a, a you know it's a it's a new age this this technology but there's some sort of magic involved it seems almost
0: yeah and in a world that's dominated by magic of course you would expect the high technology may be powered by that magic in some way exactly and the divine beasts retain aspects of both of those but um, very mechanical Oh, yeah. And so the, the divine beasts are the dungeons themselves. So you are going inside of the giant robot animal. Yep. And uh, there's usually some key aspect of the animal that can be changed. Uh, for instance, Valmetto, who's a bird, mm-hmm. can tilt its wings, uh, which would allow it to steer, but w- within the inner workings of the dungeon, allow you to reach new places by having the entire dungeon shifted, exactly. tilted. Uh, not dissimilar to the forest temple in Ocarina of Time. Oh, I remember that, actually. Yeah, the one that where you could be turn turned yeah. the whole thing upside down. Yes. And then the stone tower temple in Majora's Mask, which can literally be flipped.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. I yeah. remember that.
0: Yeah. Oh, so it's not the first time this aspect has kind of been explored, but it's put to great use in this game. It's not the gimmick of one dungeon. It's it's the environment of all of them.
2: Yeah, all four of them are that way.
0: Yeah, and so you have, like, the wings on Va Meadow. You've got a trunk on it. Trunk for varuta which is an elephant and the trunk can spill water into the the dungeon
2: yeah which is actually useful for you know puzzles and whatnot which makes it a water dungeon that's actually a really fun water dungeon really 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 fun water dungeon and water dungeons in zelda are typically frowned upon most mostly yes
0: because they're usually very very frustrating fuck you water temple (laughs) no i'm just kidding i didn't never really had a big problem with the water temple but then again that may have been because i was back
2: in my consulting walkthrough days and you uh you just love a challenge well i guess back then, you didn't if you consulted a walkthrough. But...
0: <laughs> well, I'd get a little carried away, and I'd look up one thing, and I'd be like, oh, let me do exactly what this says, because I just love following instructions. Cheater. I know, I felt like I was cheated out of my Zelda experience, because I, I consulted a walkthrough for so many of the yeah. ones I originally played. I no longer do. I figured shit out myself. You're right. But anyway, that's actually a fun water dungeon. And then we've also got our fire dungeon, which is Valrudania You're about to go into that one. About to, yes. And that one's a lizard, which can turn between 0 and 90 Degrees, which changes some aspects of the dungeon. That's cool. And then the final one is Von Naborus, which is a camel, which has these rotating midsections that create electrical currents whenever they're rotated a certain way together. You'll have to play it, yeah, to understand that. But so far, the two dungeons that you've completed,
2: va Meadow and Varuto. Ruto. What, what did what did you think? Oh God, they're they're awesome. I loved. I I started with Vometto, va- which was the you know the, the flying bird, um, and that one was a really good one to start off with because it really gives me a taste of you know how these dungeons are and. You know, it's in the air. It's completely in the air, the, this this ancient beast. And so you fly up and you get to it, and you would get an ability where you can fly up eventually. But I noticed immediately the the motifs, the tropes between different Zelda games as soon as I entered the dungeon. You know, you notice that pretty immediately.
0: Yeah. And uh, Va Meadow is commonly chosen as one of the early ones. Either Va Meadow or Va Ruta, I would most yeah. recommend as some of the starting points because the learning curve isn't too hard on those. And the abilities gained from those two divine beasts are super important. Very important to have early on. Mm-hmm. So you you get your updraft ability, Rivali's Gale. Revali's Gale, yep. And uh, the healing ability, which is kind of like a fairy, which is Mipha's Grace. Mm-hmm. And then you also, of course, get Urbosa's Fury from Boris, which is uh, an attack that kills all the enemies on screen by charging your attack. That's cool. And then you get uh, Daruk's Protection, which is like the shield around your character that protects you from all damage until that has to cool down. Nice. Yeah. Kind of like uh, Nehru's Love. No, those four Divine Beasts may seem like a little though because there's only four and like we said before they're not incredibly long not any longer than any other dungeons in the Zelda franchise but those four main dungeons are complemented by 120 mini dungeons known as shrines now the shrines range from just very small dungeons right in their own right with their own puzzle solving motifs to one single battle not single battle, yeah. Which yep. is kind of a mini-boss battle. Usually, yeah. Um, and so they utilize all of the major incorporating features of the game. Mm-hmm. And of course chief among those are what really replaces the items in the series which are of course using the divine beasts as well. Yeah. And you get those from the first four shrines that you complete on the great
2: plateau in the tutorial segment mm-hmm. and those are the runes, right? The runes, yeah. You get you get your two bomb runes, you get your remote bomb. Well, they're both remote bombs, but one of them's your uh, sphere bomb and then you get your square bomb. Yeah, that's
0: which, basically one rune but it's
2: separated it, into yeah, the two. Yeah, they give it to you in the one shrine, but um you, it separates into the two. There's your your magnesis, right? And that what it was? Yeah, so magnesis, magnesis and that's your um I mean it's kind of self-explanatory. Planetary, you can pull things towards you and away from you. Uh, that things that are made of metal, you can lift and manipulate. Yeah, you metal. you can you can re- It's like what is it telekinesis but with metal things yeah <laughs> you know um, there's, uh, there's there's their stop time one which is stasis allows you to any moving object really you can stop time and you can stop it and it's really helpful for a lot of puzzles um, one of the big aspects about that ability that rune is that when you stop time you can actually usually hit the item and you can hit it enough times that it'll actually whenever the time unfreezes it'll it'll be hit in the direction of what you were hitting right so you hit, you hit it a bunch of times and it's gonna go flying once the time is done you know yeah and then there is uh cryosis cry cryonis cryonis and cryonis allows you to build little water towers out of uh, ice towers out of the water which yeah. is pretty cool and it's pretty helpful because there's also some points in the game where you fight enemies who throw ice blocks at you and you can also shatter them so With that's pretty cool.
0: yeah that was a hidden feature for that one so yeah you've got your remote bomb which is of course your zelda bomb but it can be detonated remotely and it comes in two
2: forms one that rolls and one that stays in place which allows you to have two bombs out at once
0: right and you can have two bom- bombs out at once and detonate them separately yeah uh and then you've also got like dakota said your magnesis which allows you to fully manipulate any metal objects which is useful for creating platforms and moving heavy objects right opening certain metal doors things like that uh certain mechanisms there's stasis which obviously has a lot of uses you can keep oh, moving yeah. platforms in place stops gears and build up kinetic energy object objects send it launching
2: that's that's it, exactly see i gotta say that's gotta be the most useful useful room I it's use definitely it the, the
0: coolest ability and and it's one of the most game breaking ones. Oh too. yeah. It but is.
2: Not completely game breaking because a lot of it's intended. A lot of it is agreed. You can tell. You can tell a lot of situations. You're like, I can use that here, you know? But sometimes you feel like, wow, this was just like so easy, you know? Yeah. But that it's really what their intention was. I mean, there's other ways you can do it, other ways you can pass puzzles. I think you mentioned that that this game has, you know, multiple various pathways at which you can do things, complete yeah. puzzles and whatnot.
0: Most of the puzzles are intended to be solved a certain way, but there is more than one in the game where you can solve it an easier way. I remember in VaMetto there was this really complicated puzzle that, you know, I didn't immediately remember how to do and before I knew it Dakota had already solved it by using stasis. Yeah. Up. But like that's in the game. And I- I've seen some things like people about to launch an object using stasis and then getting on top of the object and launching themselves up. Into yes. Space.
2: So that's a really fun ability to talk about. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember lifting a door once in one of the puzzles with stasis when I I shouldn't have. You know, <laughs> there was a little hole underneath and I put bombs under it and I put it in mode and I lit, lit the bombs. They went off, left the door and I got under the gate in time. It's pretty great, actually. Th- there's actually a shrine that works like that. That uses really? a bomb to lift up an object. Oh, that's cool. I the- What I was supposed to do was stasis, actually. Or not Stasis. Uh, Cronus. Cry- Cronus. I didn't realize it, but there's a water puddle underneath. So yeah. Like, I could have just used the ice tower to lift it up, but it was cooler my way.
0: Yeah, and then there's Cryonus which, as we said before, allows you to create ice pillars and water. You can have up to three at once, and you can cross any body of water that way. Oh yeah, it's, it makes everything super helpful. You can block projectiles to you coming quickly if you're mm-hmm. in water, and um, you can also use it to solve certain puzzles, like lifting grates above water. Yeah. And those four abilities, those runes are used throughout the four dungeons and throughout the 120 shrines. Mm -hmm. Some of the shrines and and dungeon puzzles resolve around different aspects and different uh, mechanisms. But in in general, the runes keep coming back. You can upgrade the runes even further, too. Remote bomb can have a larger radius and stasis can be used to freeze enemies if you upgrade them. And there's also the camera rune, which allows you to take pictures of things and you can then later use it as a sensor. Yeah. To find to find the thing that she took a picture of, which is really cool. Uh, that's this game's version of the Wind Waker pictograph. Figure. Yes,
2: I remember that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: kind of a, a little bit of a staple in in little certain bit. games. So the shrines to me. Really are what turns this into a full-fledged dungeon adventure. Even though they're isolated and they're in different spots, which also, in some ways, enhances the experience. For it me really does, way.
2: yeah. Because you know you're going along, you know, doing your doing your going for the dungeons. You know, you're on your way there, and you just see shrines on the way, and it's nice. You can just stop by do them at your leisure. It feels like you know. And by the time you're you're you know you've gone to all the dungeons, you probably got most of them done by then.
0: Yeah. Even though that is the case too. Uh, they make up for a complete dungeon experience. More dungeon content than any other Zelda game, in fact. And so I feel that this game is truly played if you complete all 120 shrines. Now, uh, all but four of them are actually optional. Yeah. And several of them are well hidden and take quite a bit of looking around to get, you may not get all of them just through the adventure alone. You may have to wander off the beaten path. I think once I hit about 100, I started consulting a little bit online help to yeah. track down the
2: last few ones. I would too. I mean, it makes sense. Sometimes they're just hard to get to, you know. But there
0: isn't in game sensor built for that. That's one of the items that you can set your sensor to to right. find in addition to items that you take a picture of. So as long as you have that on while you're adventuring, it'll go off and you really don't aren't taken out of the action. Most of the time you're wandering the landscape to your next goal, but those goals are very major. You're usually trying to get to the next divine beast and you're okay with getting distracted in the way between because you're exploring the world and you're looking for the shrines along the way.
2: Right. No, no, no. That that's exactly what happens. I mean it's just it, they're kind of there, but it, it's it's they're on the way to your path. And it's nice because, you know, it's like you said, it doesn't take any out of your, any time out of your day. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's nice. You get a spirit orb from it, which I guess we haven't explained yet. But from each shrine you get, you get a spirit orb. And spirit orbs, you can get up to four of those. And, well, up to four. But if you get four, you can go to a fairy, which are uh, usually like a prey statue, like a fairy statue. It's a goddess statue. Goddess statue, that's it. And you can uh, either get a heart container or a stamina vessel. Yeah. Which is pretty nice.
0: Kind of similar to the pieces of heart. In past Zelda games where you collected four or in Twilight Princess five five yeah and in the original in Zelda two two of them uh, usually four where you collect four same number to form a heart container right which gives you more life energy uh, another heart that you can lose in addition to being able to spend spirit orbs on the heart container like the piece of heart they can also be exchanged for a stamina vessel which gives you uh, extends your stamina wheel and allows you to yeah. perform stamina actions like sprinting climbing swimming etc. Gliding. Now, the stamina aspect was something that was hated in Skyward Sword. A lot of people weren't happy with a lot of people within the Zelda community. And although that was a high-priced game within the gaming community, within the Zelda community, uh, it had several... Flaws in the eyes of many fans. I mean, I love it, but I definitely can see where the complaints are. And one of the complaints was the stamina. But this game implements it better because at least that stamina is expanded. Right, right. So this is the second game to feature stamina, but a lot of other games do too, like uh, Skyrim. You know, Elder Scrolls. Uh And this game, in many ways, has been compared to Skyrim
2: in terms of the open world scale. Oh yeah, which is really crazy too. Because I mean, I remember playing Skyrim for the first time, and it was it was revolutionary. Yeah, I played that game, and I was like, I was in awe. You know, when I first played it, I, I went, I did so much in that game and so to think that this game is compared to that is really interesting you know now that i'm older i can see the comparisons i can see see why they see that you know makes sense elder scrolls really
0: is one of those pioneering major open world games oh for sure mainstream open world. that's another open world staple just like breath of the Wild and zelda for the first time starts to utilize some of those open world aspects that are now commonplace in the era of gaming i've said before on this podcast that open world is somewhat of an expectation now in the gaming world And so it's hard to find a groundbreak title nowadays that doesn't have open world aspect to it. Right. And that's a good thing because uh, the open world format is one that's highly praised for ultimately giving the player the most amount of choice
2: to be the player they want to be. Exactly.
0: And some games give you more of the illusion of an open world, but this one
2: really actually is really free. Yeah. No, you and I were recording the uh, commentary earlier. Yeah. And we started the game and we decided to look at how beautiful it was for a second you know <laughs> you start out and you look on a cliff and you just look out and you can see everything and it's just so beautiful and it's just this seamless open world where it feels like you just walk anywhere which is the exactly the case you can walk to anywhere and you, if you see it on the map you can go there yeah early on when the
0: game was announced uh, i believe it was an interview with aonuma who was playing the game with them and he said that any mountain in the distance you could go to yeah that's true i mean there are game borders but the world doesn't feel close at all at all you can walk across the entire map which is bigger than skyrim by the way uh not quite as big as uh the witcher 3 or grand theft auto 5 yeah but it's up there with some of the biggest game worlds and it's definitely the biggest zelda game world to date 100 yeah but anyway you can walk across from one side of the map to the other and you can have activated every section have gone from border to border and yet not have explored every location in the game oh yeah even after logging almost 200 hours of gameplay or was it closer to
2: 500? I think it was closer to 500.
0: Yeah. Yeah, after logging almost 500 hours of gameplay, which is tracked in-game in yep. the pause menu, and a later f- feature that was added in a patch with the DLC that allows you to see the path that you've been on. And through that path, I was able to realize that even after playing through all of that, I hadn't explored everywhere on the map at all. You could see the direct path that Link takes in the story or in, in within the map from the very beginning, and there were definitely parts of the map I hadn't explored yet. I could still if I still had the game now, which I don't because my Switch was stolen, (laughs) uh, we had to play this on the Wii U. Yeah. But which is fine. It's it's still great. No problems with that. But anyway, if if I were able to jump into that same save file now, I would still come to new areas in the map that would pop up with the words like you found a new location. That's so crazy. And I still had 450 or so Korok seeds to find. God. Those are like 900 total, right? This game um... has 900 Korok seeds, which are collectibles that allow you to expand your inventory for about the first half of them. And then the last half of them, give you literally a golden pile of shit (laughs) (laughs)
2: that's exactly what it looks like
0: no no that that's literally what you get you get a golden pile of shit that is your (laughs) it's called Hestu's gift but it's very clear because it looks like shit and the description of the item lets you know that's what you get for 900 Korok seeds (laughs) (laughs) and the satisfaction of having wasted hundreds of hours of your life hundreds of
2: hours literally
0: I mean there's no way you can get those without some kind of online help at all I mean someone did but I reckon the process was walk lawnmower style across the map (laughs) pick up everything, run to everything, you know? Here's something about that too, okay? When the game developers were making this game, they had a few people test and find the pathways that players least followed. The nooks and crannies, uh, they recorded from each of those players, those test players, and that's where they put the Korok seeds. In the worst
2: spots possible.
0: Usually the seed is associated with some kind of puzzle. It can range from diving into a circle of lily pads to lifting up a rock to throwing a rock in a circle of rocks to a block puzzle using magnesis, Mm -hmm. dropping an apple in a basin, picking an apple off a tree, uh,
2: literally anything. Flying into a ring, ring, with your glider
0: yeah there's these, these small puzzles um several variations of which hard to see in the environment and you can come across it and that's another thing that keeps you busy in the game and it, they're like little puzzles so oh. it's still fun mm-hmm. somehow this game really made that side questing not a hassle and if there was any complaint i had about zelda it was that after playing games like assassin's creed which does do a good job of making side quests entertaining and engaging zelda before kind of had a weakness of maybe making it feel like subpar to the main story this game doesn't it solves that dilemma and this is coming from my favorite game series ever and this game completely trumps so many of the, the formulaic Aspects for that and bringing it to the open world taking ideas from other games but truly setting its own staple and that's what Zelda does that's what it's done from the very beginning Yeah, Nintendo is seen as kind of a family friendly feature and yet Zelda has been in our hearts even you know people in their 30s
2: 40s you know my dad played the original Zelda so what do you think about the game Bo? I see you're playing it over there still
1: oh man this is actually pretty engrossing I mean it's been a while since I played a Zelda game honestly and this, this is really really cool and I mean i I like the wii u actually yeah
2: is this your first time playing
0: a wii u yeah it actually is it's actually a decent console uh just suffered from a bad lineup i really think so yeah yeah but zelda uh, breath of the wild truly starts from the beginning goes back to the roots and i think that's why it appeals to so many gamers uh such a wide variety you know new gamers new zelda gamers will like it people like me that grew up with the ocarina of time format already having been a major staple and being an expectation are excited by the change and then even old gamers. That started with the original, like my dad, you know, mm-hmm. because it really harkens back to that, and at the same time, it's something completely new. And uh, part of that aspect, like we said before, is is the open world, is the ability to complete any dungeon in any order and making the side quests engaging the collectibles still entertaining nothing feels like a chore or a hassle in this game at all and more often than
2: not you find yourself wandering off the beaten path and still having fun still I, I constantly were, was heading to a dungeon and every single time I was heading to a dungeon I get taken astray doing something else you know I'd see a new location I'd see a tower I'd see something you know I'd go toward it and towards it and every single time it didn't feel like you said like a hassle it, it felt natural it felt right and as soon as I was done and it just went back on with the quest.
0: Nothing feels like a chore in this game. And so the side material is just as compelling and just as interesting as the main quest. Something that you don't see except in, you know, Elder Scrolls. Which we mentioned before. We're gonna have to do an Elder Scrolls game like Skyrim. We're gonna have to. So the other important aspect, of course, of Zelda, other than world building, other than the gameplay, the dungeons, and the open world format that has persisted throughout the majority of all Zelda games. I mean, we can say that all Zelda games are in some way or another open world. Right. Some more than others, but this one is the only one that truly meets the standard of open world as it's defined today. But beyond that aspect, even, we've also got the story. <laughs>
3: Well done there, young one. Now then, the time has come to show you who I truly am. I was King Rombosforamus Hyrule. I was the last leader of Hyrule. A kingdom which no longer exists. <laughs> The Great Calamity was merciless. It devastated everything in its path, lo, a century ago. It was then that my life was taken away from me. And since that time, here I have remained in spirit form. I did not think it wise to overwhelm you while your memory was still fragile. So rather than that, I thought it best to assume a temporary form. Forgive me. I think you are now ready. Ready to hear what happened 100 years ago. To know Calamity Ganon's true form, one must know the story from an age long past. The Demon King was born into this kingdom, but his transformation into malice created the horror you see now. Stories of Ganon were passed from generation to generation in the form of legends and fairy tales. But there was also a prophecy. The signs of a resurrection of calamity Ganon are clear, and the power to oppose it lies dormant beneath the ground. We decided to heed the prophecy and began excavating large areas of land. It wasn't long before we discovered several ancient relics made by the hands of our distant ancestors. These relics, the divine beasts, were giant machines piloted by warriors. We also found the Guardians, an army of mechanical soldiers who fought autonomously. This coincided with ancient legends, oft repeated throughout our land. We also learned of a princess with a sacred power, and her appointed knight, chosen by the sword that seals the darkness. It was they who sealed Ganon away, using the power of these ancient relics. One hundred years ago, there was a princess set to inherit a sacred power, and a skilled knight at her side. It was clear that we must follow our ancestors' path. We selected four skilled individuals from across Hyrule and tasked them with the duty of piloting the Divine Beasts. With the Princess as their commander, we dubbed these pilots champions, a name that would solidify their unique bond. The princess, her appointed knight, and the rest of the champions were on the brink of sealing away Ganon. But nay. Nee. Ganon was cunning, and he responded with a plan beyond our imagining. deep below Hyrule Castle, seized control of the Guardians and the Divine Beasts, and turned them against us. The champions lost their lives, those residing in the castle as well. The appointed knight, bravely wounded, lapsed while defending princess. And thus, the kingdom of Hyrule was devastated absolutely by Calamity Ganon. However, the princess survived to face Ganon alone. Link, you are our final hope. The fate of Hyrule rests with you. That princess was my own daughter. My dear Zelda, and the courageous knight who protected her right up to the very end. That knight was none other than you, Link. You fought valiantly when your fate took an unfortunate turn. And then you were taken to the Shrine of Resurrection. Here you now stand, revitalized 100 years later. The words of guidance you have been hearing since your awakening are from Princess Zelda herself. Even now, as she works to restrain Ganon from within Hyrule Castle, she calls out for your help. However, my daughter's power will soon be exhausted. Once that happens, Ganon will freely regenerate himself, and nothing will stop him from consuming our land. Considering that I could not save my own kingdom... I have no right to ask this of you, Link. But I am powerless here. You must save her, my daughter, and do whatever it takes to annihilate Ganon. Somehow, Ganon has maintained control over all four divine beasts, as well as those guardians swarming around Hyrule Castle. I believe it would be quite reckless for you to head directly to the castle at this point. I suggest that you make your way east out to one of the villages in the wilderness. Follow the road out to Kakariko Village. There you will find the Elder Impa. She will tell you more about the path that lies ahead. Consult the map on your Sheikah Slate for the precise location of Kakariko Village. Make your way past the Twin Summits of the Dueling Peaks. From there, follow the road as it proceeds north.
0: And we've mentioned before that Zelda's story is something that, I mean, it takes a backseat to gameplay,
2: but in no way does that take away from it. No, it's it's the story from Zelda is is unique, very unique. I mean, there's the same trope of, you have to say the princess, but it's the story behind it is so unique. And there's always the, there's always Ganon, there's always Link, there's always Zelda. Yeah. But it's, it's just so unique. Um, the, the magic that's involved, you know, kind of the, the, like this one has the ancient technology. I mean, that was just, it's genius. Yeah. And run us by that story of Breath of the Wild. Well, um, in this game, you start out. You wake up in a uh, in a little room. It's a it's a shrine of resurrection, I believe, is what it's called, uh-huh. correct? And you wake up there, no clothes, <laughs> and and you, Nipolis. and nippleless. And you soon realize that you you are you were put in there hundred years ago after the downfall of Hyrule, the great calamity, the great calamity where Ganon takes over, calamity Ganon takes over, and he he destroys everything, <laughs> rains hell, wreck shit, exactly, fucks bitches, yeah. <laughs> exactly he um but all this time zelda locked you away and you and a bunch of other champions which i'll get to in a minute but um you go into you sorry zelda locks you in the shrine of resurrection because she's fighting claiming to ganon in the hyrule castle the whole time entire hundred years she's fighting him and so you get out and you have to go help her while she's tired of fighting him you know she's about to give up and you have to you're the the last hope what's her secret what is her
0: secret? What's her secret? How how does she still look the same age after a hundred years? It's a good point.
2: I mean, Link was in a
0: shrine of resurrection. I mean, I guess I he was kind of kept in stasis. Yeah,
2: and... is Zelda like sealed in time? I, I guess well, so. He's frozen, kind of like a time loop of fighting Calamity Ganon. Maybe so. Something like that. That's some Doctor Who shit right there. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, and so you know, you your your goal is to find all of the, go through all the dungeons, which each of the dungeons has an ancient beast which were taken over by Ganon ten thousand years ago. There was this advanced technological civilization, right. Uh, ruled
0: by the Shika, and they developed these machines uh, known as the Guardians, which were meant to protect people, and the Divine Beasts, which four champions of each one of each race could pilot. Right. Uh, there was a princess, there was a hero also mm-hmm. during that time 10,000 years ago. Uh, not much is known about that story. However, the champions were able to pilot the Divine Beasts and weaken Ganon while the hero, some incarnation of Link presumably, and the princess were able to seal away the beast. Now, flash forward 10,000 years later, the Kingdom of Hyrule uh, is in perfect order but they come across some of these ancient designs they une- mm-hmm. unearth and excavate them so this is 10,000 years after ancient this, this ancient civilization right so society has reverted back to the medieval fe- setting right and they start u- utilizing the guardians and the divine beasts they hire four new champions who are going to fight Calamity Ganon who is starting to become unleashed
2: again yeah because they prior, prior to that like you said uh, the reincarnation of Zelda and Link, or I guess ancestors, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they had locked him away before under the castle. Yeah. And while well, he's managing his way out, obviously, because he always does. Yeah. And so Link, who is
0: a knight serving the princess, yes. and, and Zelda, along with the four champions, uh, Daruk, Urbosa, Mipha, and... Rivali, Revali, who represent each race, the Gorons, Zoras, Gerudo, and Rito, respectively. I think I had those in the right order. I that. <laughs> they each pilot one of the divine beasts, and uh they're set to assault ganon and then suddenly well actually not suddenly because zelda had difficulty unlocking her power and that is shown through the flashback scenes as you link awakens his memories Mm -hmm. and we'll get to that in a second but link almost dies uh and right at the last moment zelda finally awakens her power which can be used to seal ganon but uh it's too late and so zelda has to put link in the shrine of resurrection and he sleeps for 100 years
3: Ganon. It turned them all against us. And everyone, Mifa, Brabosa, Rivali, and Daruk, they're all trapped inside those things. It's all my fault. Our only hope for defeating Ganon is lost. All because I couldn't harness this cursed power. Everything. Everything I've done up until now. It was all for nothing. No, I really am just a failure. All my friends, the entire kingdom, my father, most of all. I tried and I failed. yourself go i'll be fine don't worry about me run so he can he can still be saved princess princess are you all right take link to the shrine of
0: resurrection if you don't get him there immediately we are going to lose him forever is that clear so make haste and go his life is now in your hands
2: Now, none of this is given to you when you start the game. None of it. You start, and the only thing you know about Link is his name. That's it, yeah. Which is kind of all you really need, you know? At first, you know, you start the game, you're like, okay, you know, fresh, clean slate, where am I going? And then you realize you have so much backstory that you don't even know, and it, it, it drives you to keep playing the game because you want to learn these memories, you know?
0: Yeah, pretty quickly, you get the main story in the beginning. So one complaint about this game is that the, in the very beginning of the tutorial segment, you not only get what's basically the whole story for the game, the major twist, but also all four of the abilities that you're going to use for the rest of the game yeah but in a way that's just redefining what makes Zelda Zelda right and in any case having found out that story you get to learn more and more and more about the struggle about getting to that point and what ultimately led to Link almost dying and being put in the shrine of resurrection even putting away the master sword yeah exactly which for the first time is an optional item in this game yep um I, I think it's kind of necessary if you want to get the full story but like I said you can go straight for Ganon
2: yeah well I think I really love what this game does is it focuses less on you know you going towards you know you're fighting ganon right you go to fight ganon and you, you that that's the the path you take you fight ganon you save the princess etc this one instead of focusing on the future what you're going to be doing it's almost it's like it's focusing on the past yeah it's been so much time you know you're learning your memories what happened in the past the ancients the ancient civilization and then you learn about yourself and what you did 100 years ago and what happened 100 years ago and you spend so much time learning about that that you don't even realize that you're actually you know about to fight ganon that, yeah. and it's just it's it, they did a really good job with that i think
0: and if we didn't make it clear enough the entire game is framed by the idea of link being completely amnesiac not remembering who he is right
2: he knows as much as we know exactly that's why you feel so connected with him because because you learn with him and that's why you feel so engrossed in the game and anyone that
0: knows zelda knows that link doesn't speak and yet we do get some insight into his personality but in a way it also represents our own he's a link between the player and the character and he's his own character in his own right as well in many ways maybe an idealized version of what every player would be. Uh, Courageous, which is his biggest attribute, of course. Uh, A little smarter, able to solve puzzles, and strong. Right. Now, there's another aspect, of course... I mean, with every Zelda game, we look at how they stand alone as a game, but we also look at where they fit with the continuity. Right. Of course, there is an official Zelda timeline. I remember spending many nights staying up trying to figure out how exactly the game's connected because we have some direct sequels, uh, Zelda 2 to Zelda 1, Majora's Mask to Ocarina of Time, and we have games that reference other games. Wind Waker and Twilight Princess both reference Ocarina of Time and, and hint at the split timeline that we all knew was a reality. Of course. Finally, after fans trying to cobble together for years they've developed an official timeline Nintendo finally released it it's not perfect because like I said gameplay always comes first in Zelda so the story kind of comes you know afterwards and even then it's focusing on making a good story a good legend to tell people yeah rather than trying hard to fit it in with the continuity uh Link is not a static character Link represents many characters usually of which you can name whatever name you want that are all reincarnations of the same spirit same thing with princess zelda the titular character and even ganon or ganondorf is has been reincarnated mm-hmm. but is usually the same one it's
2: usually the same yeah exactly
0: in any case these games fit together in a way and they do make references to each other and just because it comes third how the game's story fits with the narrative of the entire series that doesn't mean that it's completely overlooked and i think a lot of people have this cop-out explanation that which makes sense but it's like oh well the games are all a legend and And it's just people retelling, well, no, some of the games reference other games. Right. And it does fit together. We had the split timeline, which made perfect logical sense. It makes
2: sense. It really does.
0: So when Nintendo released that official timeline, I was extremely happy about it. Some people were pissed. Some people felt like it was kind of coupled together. I think there was a basic structure that was set. Uh, definitely, each game, each main series game, thinks about where it is in relation to other games. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they've retconned, but they've managed to keep together a basic structure. And then at the end, they realized that there were some loose ends, and I think they tied those up. I think the third split, the hero, the downfall timeline, was uh-huh. kind of one of those cases where they had that was the only way they could cobble it together retroactively. But other than that, um, it, it has
2: always been cohesive in a way and you can kind of tell that you know it it was somewhat intentional it really was they they had a plan behind it and i I don't think it was cobbled together i think it's a smart you know it's a smart timeline i think they did a really good job and you know they haven't given us an exact place for breath of wild yet but the theories that we have seem to make sense oh
0: contraire there has been a development but i will get into that in a minute here I think it was partially intentional, but at times when they had to sacrifice uh, continuity for gameplay or the story of that game, they did, and they had they did make some retroactive continuity changes, which is okay because it was still able to get fit together. So it's somewhat intentional and somewhat it, it was cobbled together a little bit. Right. But in any case, the biggest question people have had since before Breath of the Wild was released is where does Breath of the Wild fit in the timeline? The answer, the short answer, it doesn't matter. That's the too long didn't read version. Yeah. Um, and not in a sense that okay the timeline doesn't make doesn't work anymore the timeline is gone we're retconning it it still exists but in many ways this is a reboot of the series which is another way that it makes it revolutionary exactly no you're absolutely right this relates to ocarina time which is seen as the keystone of the zelda time pinnacle pinnacle so a, a game that could truly equal that would have to do something different and that's basically rebooting the timeline without completely uh resetting all continuity a, a soft reboot per se and the way it does that is what i believed before that the, the answer was revealed was a convergent timeline those three timelines eventually converge and the way in which that happens at least is the way i can tell from what developers have said and and this is something a, a theory i had before developers said anything and it fit what they said later and that was that the that after so many years eventually the events of all three timelines happen that's that age old no matter even if you change time it always does the same thing trope and Breath of the Wild makes references to all three timelines right adult child and downfall timelines and if you're a Zelda timeline theorist or fan um, you may know what I'm talking about here but it doesn't effectively fit in any one of the timelines it makes references to the others mm-hmm. so the idea is that it's a convergence not in the sense that some magical event happened that brought the timelines together but in a sense that time always repeats itself and so after after however oh, yeah. long it took to create an advanced civilization you know tens of thousands of years right and then 10,000 years after that and then 100 years after that
2: they give you so much playroom with that
0: yeah during that time the events of every timeline happened hyrule was flooded hyrule was blanketed in twilight and the hero died exactly allowing um the rito and the koroks to coexist with wolf link (laughs) Uh aspects of the downfall timeline as well so ocarina of time is the divergent point of the timeline it's where the timeline splits uh it's where before the unified timeline becomes three the only thing that could match that is a convergent point and that's what breath of the wild is that's why it's revolutionary even from the storytelling perspective now story isn't completely incorporated in the game um the character development's awesome absolutely but uh the story i feel was a little i don't want to say weaker it's just less entwined and yet at the same
2: time you create your own story i see what you mean there
0: yeah and the very plot twist is given in the beginning and i think that's why it feels that way right but in different ways it rev- it's revolutionized here once yeah. more especially when you consider the timeline placement and developers later went out and said that breath of the wild takes place. Place in whichever timeline you want it to be, mm-hmm. it can happen in any timeline. Which I think means it happens in every timeline. Because if theoretically all of the events of all three timelines could happen in one, they could happen in any one of those given that same amount of time.
2: Very good point, right?
0: So I think that was as good as confirming the convergence theory. Some people are still sticklers. They think, well, it's downfall. But I really think convergence makes the most sense, and I think that that was 100 intentional, or maybe 90 intentional. Right? Yeah. <laughs> now there is one more aspect of this game. I know we've been we we're, we're running on time here, but I mean, there's just so much to talk about. Oh yeah. Um, there's one more aspect of course, which is the DLC. Now, Dakota, you don't know anything about the DLC. In yeah, fact, you haven't finished even. the main story. i
2: barely finished the main story, exactly. I haven't even...
0: But uh, there was two DLCs that came out. I played them both as they came out. Uh, the Master Trials and the Champion's Ballad. Master Trials adds a master mode to the game, which is even more unforgiving. God. Harder it's ba- enemies. It's already bad enough.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some points where you realize, like, crap, this is difficult. This is actually pretty difficult. You have to be careful out there. <laughs> so I added the master mode. Also, the
0: uh, Trial of the Sword, which allows you to power out the Master Sword. Nice. And then and some other additional items that make life easier, a, a Korok mask that allows you to see where Koroks are at, mm. uh,
2: a medallion that allows you to set a teleportation location anywhere. The map location where it told you uh, where you are on the map, where you walked on the map, that comes with the DLC, right? Yeah. And then the second DLC is definitely the the bigger one, and that's the Champion's Ballot. That adds a whole new storyline, which
0: focuses on the four champions and also adds a new dungeon and the item you get from that dungeon is the master cycle. That's right ladies and gentlemen there's a motorcycle in this game (laughs) and it's an ancient technological motorcycle but it's badass. That's cool. You can zip around the map in it. It's so much fucking fun and yet it still takes a while to get from one end of the map to the other. Trust me, I tried it. Wow.
2: (laughs) Who needs a horse?
0: Yeah. So the Champion's Ballad is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Not just the motorcycle but the whole extra dungeon. So there's five dungeons now and technically Hyrule Castle is also a dungeon. You're right. That's that's that it actually Ganon. is. It has a whole dungeon map, although you can pretty much go straight to Ganon. But there's a shrine actually hidden inside Hyrule Castle. That's cool. It's like a dungeon in a dungeon. dungeon inception. So, that being said, it's going to be a little while before we get the next main series, Zelda entry. Obviously,
2: they worked really
0: hard on this game, and it took a while, but I think this is where the series is headed in
2: the future. Yep. What,
0: what do you think is going to happen
2: uh, well, you can definitely tell, like you said, the that Breath of the Wild. It paid off. The time they spent on it, you know, it paid off. It's it's a great game. I think I could see they've got a lot to go on here. I mean, they've got ten thousand plus years to play with. They yeah. could add a game up in there, you know. They could add a game post this, you know, continuing on with the storyline. And I think, like you said, because of this new convergence idea going with that, I see them, like you said, this almost a reboot. And so they can go anywhere. They can go anywhere they want. They can they can go through that ten thousand years. They can go to the ancient civilization before that. You can go wherever you want because they've given this soft reboot, like you mentioned and yeah. it's they didn't go anywhere.
0: That's the best part about the timeline reboot, like I said, uh, the, the soft timeline reboot. That's really what I think it, it, is the, the best reason why this works so well, is that not only does it cater to both the fans that love the timeline and don't want to see it go, and the fans that say, well, I don't want anything to do with that, but this this allows the developers to go in any direction they want. Now, they're not restricted by putting each entry in the complex timeline. They can say if it happens after Breath of the Wild or somewhere in the interim period, it doesn't matter which timeline it's in, which is nice. It allows you to reboot, but also they can go back and. they can place a specific game anywhere they want to yeah they can still go back it's honestly the smartest thing they could have done and so going forward though i really think that you know story wise timeline wise we're probably going to go along the lines of from here on out it probably won't matter too much probably not No. but uh gameplay wise i think that this format of course is going to be adopted i mean breath of the wild was also a revolutionary sales i mean you remember the shortage of nintendo switches when it first came out yeah, it, took, it was a bitch to get my switch let me tell you i paid an extra hundred bucks for it dang that's crazy um the reason why there was a shortage the reason why they were selling so well was literally for this game
2: yeah people bought switches just for zelda
0: even though it was on this game released on both the wii u and the nintendo switch uh a lot of people didn't have a wii u because it undersold and even i have a wii u and i bought a nintendo switch to play this game yeah exactly <laughs> um the aspect of being able to play a console zelda game and take it anywhere with you is really cool and the, the switch makes takes full advantage of the games graphics absolutely so coming forward i really think that uh this format which caused the game to massively oversell uh will be continued i think like i said before since this was a revolution in, in the zelda franchise this is the format that's going to be adopted from now on we ocarina of time had its era where we used the same formula but now it's time to move on and it worked that's what got me into zelda was that formula and now it's time to try something new and i think breath of the wild represents that i think this open world format is going to be the standard um of course every zelda game manages to make itself completely different that's what i love about the franchise they all feel
2: different every single one of them even when they maintain certain
0: aspects and
2: they have staples right like even with ocarina of time and majora's mask i mean that was like it was the same world you know but it's such a different game that you feel so it's it's crazy speaking of which that's what i would like to see if i could ever think
0: about the perfect game for me right because i said there's aspects i love of breath of the wild and there's aspects i love of majora's mask for different reasons and that's why they're my favorite games in the franchise if you could take the open world of breath of the wild and combine it with something that was really unique like majora's mask did a special game mechanic unique to that game right that would be awesome in fact personally i would envision an open
2: world version of termina that would be cool
0: utilizing the same link from majora's mask and Uh ocarina of time the hero of time who then comes back to the land maybe seven years later but like 70 or 700 years have passed for hyrule yeah i mean for termina
2: for Terminator, yeah. It would be nice to see, like you said, a, a way of making those games, you know, a lot, like making a game with aspects from both of those. You know, you play Majora's Mask and you feel like you feel the sense of haste. You know, you have to hurry. You have to get things done. And Breath of the Wild, they kind of give you that feel in the beginning, but you really realize that you can kind of do whatever you want for however long you want to. And maybe this is nostalgia nostalgia and me talking or the, the
0: traditionalist in me, but I think a game in the future that took what Breath of the Wild brought to the series and combined it with some of the aspects that I grew up with Zelda which ultimately we're we're somewhat diminished in this game but not necessarily as a negative thing right but for me you know if this was up to me the perfect game for me would be to combine some of those back bring back a little bit of that item based dungeon solving that after I get this thing I can open up more of the map as a whole like maybe you could do the first few dungeons you can go anywhere you want and then the world doubles and there's a whole new set of dungeons
2: yes that'd be that'd be pretty cool and that would be in line with the usual
0: Zelda mid game twist in which where your first quest kind of comes comes to an end, and then you find out there's something completely different, Yes, which is a recurring trope, of course, in the series. So I think that would be really cool, but definitely I think the the format of Breath of the Wild is going to be used. Honestly, I know Nintendo are sticklers for not reusing the same assets. I mean, Majora's Mask was an exception. Right. Some of the spinoff titles, you know, do that, but they could honestly run a game at least on the same engine. I mean, Breath of the Wild is so huge. I know lots of players who said they wouldn't mind having the exact same world, but a new adventure set in it. Makes sense. Yeah, like it-
2: maybe like a, a new set a DLC or right. something, right? Maybe a relocation of some new shrines or whatever, you know. Maybe even have the same world, just like shrines in different places. Or maybe a whole new not even shrines. Maybe something else. Maybe just a bunch of dungeons, you know? That's like the second quest in the original Zelda. Yes. Everything's changed around. Everything. So that's what I would like to see.
0: A game that incorporated and what my idea was was a Majora's Mask sequel, which itself is an Ocarina of Time sequel, <laughs> but specifically set in Termina, but an open world Termina that's been aged by a few hundred years, but it's the same link as an adult. That would be cool. And have some kind of time-changing mechanics similar to the three-day cycle but not exactly the same Uh, another one would be uh, a sequel to Twilight Princess that took place in the Twilight Realm, which we haven't explored before that'd be pretty cool or uh, a remake of the original Zelda told uh, you know with the same story but expanded on and made into this new format because if you combined I would say combine Zelda 1 and Zelda 2 somehow into one story one game and you would the Zelda 2 map could actually be bigger it could be if they magnified it right because even the original Zelda I don't think it is to scale and the original Zelda map is a small section of the Zelda 2 map so that could be even huger than Breath of the Wild if my, if my measurements were accurate Imagine if that. they magnified it at the right ratio. That'd be crazy. Yeah, but in any case those are just kind of my throw-off ideas. I love to throw in right. with games I like and I think that's going to be something I'm going to do in the future with the podcast is throw in my ideas as an aspiring game developer. What would I do? Where would I take this series? I often think about that and write that down in notes. But in any case, Dakota, are you super excited to see where Zelda goes next?
2: Absolutely. Um, I hope they take their time making a new game. Not not that I don't want to see a game quickly, but I want them to take as much care as they did in making, it like they did with Breath of the Wild. Um, what? I I love the aspects that were in this game that you know we talked about this this sense of um the less working on less focusing on what's gonna happen what's happened prior to this the working on the yeah. past you know like I mentioned before um I think they could use a lot of that going going forward um like you said use this game style this maybe even the same engine that would be great yeah and I will say this,
0: uh, I have an answer for you, Dakota, about not having to wait for the next Zelda, but also having plenty of development time spent. And that's their pattern of releasing some of the handheld games. I don't want to say spinoffs, because they're still considered entries in the main series, right. but they're not the mainstream console games. Uh, and usually those are on handheld devices. Of course, now uh, the Switch is both Nintendo's console and handheld device, but uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, but they actually have already announced something just this week. Really, They're doing a remake of The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, which nope funny enough was already remade once it was yeah it was wasn't it It was the dx version which was more of a port but with some additions it's gonna be remade on the nintendo switch making full use of the graphics i saw the trailer the opening segment which is stills in the original game yeah has been changed to this anime sequence it looks straight up out of an anime and then the gameplay itself uses kind of this really cutesy i love it it's so cute this like adorable uh (laughs) almost like toy-like style with with kind of like these character eyes because (laughs) link's awakening always had aspects of that right it was the first portable game in the series, and it was a very cutesy game. Maybe intended at a slightly younger audience, but still, very charming world. Very family-friendly, but at the same time, one of the darker entries, because the entire thing was... That's crazy, <laughs> but in any case, um, that's coming out uh, either this year or next year. I-, I didn't look, uh, that's been announced, so we're gonna have that Link's Awakening remake on Nintendo Switch. That looks badass, that's one right. of the more overlooked entries in the franchise, so that's gonna tide us over until they while they develop a new, bigger title. Mm-hmm. Now that we've discuss the future of the Zelda franchise, the only thing that's more exciting to discuss the future
2: of is our podcast. Yes. That's the plan. Yeah, we're going to be a part of Chill Lover Radio now that we've talked to we talked to Chill up there and it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, we spent like a good what hour and a half on
1: the phone with Chill. Nice. At, at least an hour and a half or something yeah. like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He,
0: he seems really cool. But he's going to help us uh, get set up. The Chill Lover Radio platform is going to help us out, expand our reach and we're also going to um, give them whatever we can, which is, you know, maybe some listeners Uh, we definitely rep- recommend any of the podcasts that are on the chill lover radio Anytime. and uh, maybe next season we'll start doing some podcast shout outs as well
1: yeah yeah we started doing that this last season and it's gotten quite a response actually I mean that's good to hear I'm thinking yeah.
0: gaming should follow next season
1: yeah yeah for sure start
0: doing podcast shout outs um but we are super excited to be your new video game podcast Ooh, we want to share the it. content with you Uh, we want to get our let's plays out our indie episodes out and uh guys if you have any feedback let us know reach out to us Plus, um, you can find me on social media, Ashley Chancellor. Uh, I'm available pretty
2: much everywhere: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. <laughs> Same here, yeah. You, you'll find me anywhere. Dakota's there too. I'm tagged in all the Collateral Gaming, Collateral Cinema posts usually, so you should see me. You can find Bo and Robert also. Bo Maddox, Robert Ortegón.
1: Oh yeah, certainly. Ooh. You can Facebook. find you can find us wherever. You yeah. can
0: find both Collateral Gaming and Collateral Cinema on those platforms.
1: Yeah, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Yes, sir. And we're expanding. We're trying to get ourselves on more formats. Chill Radio is going to help us out with that. Uh, hopefully we'll get a uh, iHeartRadio SoundCloud. We're really excited. And um, the thing we're most excited about, of course, is uh, the next game that we're going to review for y'all.
1: Yep. And what might that be?
0: Well, it's another ambitious game, I'll say per se. Maybe yeah. not nearly as highly well-received. I know we haven't done a bad game yet. This one isn't really either. Um, if anything, we're
2: kind of apologists for this one. We try to be because we were so hyped for it. <laughs> you know, we had huge hype. I mean, I, I was I pre-ordered this game. Yeah.
1: Um, but no that's uh,
2: No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. Guy, which, it's a, really, it's a really interesting game, because, I mean, we'll get to it more in the podcast when we talk about it. But it's, you want to talk about open world. This is open world. This is, like, <laughs> algorithms of creating planets. You're in space. you This is ridiculous. There is no end to this world. <laughs> it's a procedurally generated universe. Yeah. It's its own universe. And that in and of
0: itself is cool enough, although um some people felt that it fell flat on the gameplay. We'll get to that next episode, and we'll let you know what we think about that. Uh, spoiler, though, we, 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 we kind of
2: like it. It, a bit.
0: <laughs> but we realize what what flaws.
1: So, sounds interesting. I yep. mean, you know,
2: and we ought to bring it in here for you guys to play it. Yeah, that uh, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Speaking of which, I saw you uh, put down the game. What did you think?
1: Oh, it was very interesting. Did you I die mean, one too many times? <laughs> maybe a few too many times. I I, yeah. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> you know
2: I hear you and Robert what about you I know you haven't played uh this game but have you played any other Zelda games No I haven't Oh uh, you're missing out you're missing out So, so guys play
1: one. what's next from collateral cinema Well we're taking a, a little bye week right now or should I say a two week bye week or whatever Um we're going to have an indie movie review. We're going to check out a film on Amazon Prime called Unlisted Owner, which is going to be pretty interesting. I, and I know that Robert's looking forward to that. Oh, right? yeah. yeah, definitely. And we're also going to be doing the Steve McQueen cult hit Bullet. Uh, Robert, uh, you're the one who chose that for the podcast. Uh, what, what, what do you have to say about that one? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's your movie, Holmes. Say I just, something.
2: I just wish we had a plane in the background. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The famous bullet chasing. I mean, we're gonna see that. You guys are gonna love it. Hope y'all
1: love it. <laughs> we will. Oh yeah. We we will. We will.
2: And I'll show you uh, the release of the bullet car. Ooh. Two.
1: Sounds good. Ooh. That sounds interesting.
2: And the commercial he came
0: out with in 2005, which is weird because he died. And <laughs> <laughs> he died in 1980. Well, yeah. <laughs> Funny so- how that works. sounds
1: about right. Sounds about right.
0: Well, that'll give you guys a lot to. Uh, uh, look forward to and we're very excited to share that with you Uh just an FYI on your note Bo Collateral Gaming will also be taking a sabbatical mm-hmm. or you know not actually a sabbatical just radical a,
1: sabbatical j- j- <laughs> just
0: a hiatus just a, a 2 week yeah. hiatus which allows us to get ahead and um, play some games play some of the games that uh, we're going to be doing this season and I can also get that Fable 3 Let's Play out there you go I can get the infamous video podcast out which I want to get out at least by the time I actually have
2: this episode Right, right. That that's the hope. Hell yeah! I mean, I'll be playing some Zelda. I'll be playing more yeah. Zelda. I promise you, I'll keep playing this game. <laughs>
0: yes, sir. It, it's
1: yep. a it's a fun game. I got I gotta say, yeah, it's pretty interesting.
0: So if y'all haven't played Zelda, uh go play Zelda: Breath of the Wild. In fact, if you haven't played any Zelda ever, I mean, obviously you're missing out. But Breath of the Wild is also a great entry point into the franchise. That being said, my name is Ashley Chancellor.
2: I'm Dakota Chancellor.
0: We are Collateral Gaming, and we are out. out.
1: Later's everybody. Thank you.
0: Welcome to Collateral Gaming Extras, the part of the podcast where we all take a bath together. Not again.
1: Oh, God. No. Not 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 this nonsense. <laughs> Come on now. No. Splish, splush, splush. Damn it, Robert. Are we going to allow smash. this? Dakota. No. Smash, no. Smash. We, Robert. Can, we cannot allow any of this. This is condone. not allowed. We cannot condone this. Did no. you... No. Uh,
0: oh, oh, I think I dropped dropped the soap. Will you pick that up, Robert?
2: No. Uh, we'll uh, not. I'll rub your back if you uh, wash your ankles. Oh. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> man this is already devolving into some motherfuckery shit <laughs> god damn it
0: anyways guys we're uh chilling out in section 9 studios uh that we, we brought the bath here actually it's one of those portable baths uh the water's getting a little cold though in, in any case though uh we just finished recording our episode on the legend of zelda Breath of the wild which uh you just listened to and you stayed behind the credits because I don't know what you're expecting. Some more content out of us. I mean, we talked about that for over an hour. That was a lot of content. Yeah, it was. Uh, so it we looks like talk about it for hours. Dakota is motioning to play for <laughs> a <while> right now.
1: <laughs> there you go, bro. Hand it over. I that, wanna that, play that, this that's game. right. That's right. That's right.
0: As always, we're chilling with uh, Bo Maddox and Robert Ortegaon.
1: What's up, everybody?
2: Hey, everybody. Yeah, we got to deal with these hoes again.
1: We, this, this motherfucker. <laughs> God
0: damn it. And we actually had you guys on mics for this episode, too, and that was pretty cool letting you chime in whenever
1: you wanted. Yeah, even though I was kind of lost in the game a little bit. That's okay. That's what yeah. we want.
0: We want you guys to play the games while we're talking about the game, and that way we can have it running in the background still, kind of like
2: we have the movies. Bo. I'm sorry. Interjection. You played this game and you didn't even get clothes. You're still naked. (laughs) You're still naked. You're on top of the tower. You sick
1: fuck. You sick. (laughs) I I I wasn't aware that I was supposed to get clothes. Okay. In the in the
2: in the the shrine of resurrection. In there, there are two chests. You walk by with
1: items in them. (laughs) How hard is it to not grab the trousers and the clothes? I, I don't know, Bo. I don't know, man. What are you doing with your life? What bro? are you doing with your life? What have you done? Do you well, I, understand life? I was about to ask that. Do you, do you understand life? I what don't think
0: anybody love? understands life. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, what were we just watching before we... Oh, God.
1: We were watching Scarecrow. Yeah, Scarecrow.
0: Scarecrow. It, Scarecrow. Yeah, team. yeah.
1: Some, some kind of horror movie called Everybody Scarecrow. Some from from the
2: Scarecrow. Asylum, asylum picture. Yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it. Not the Everybody classic one from the hurt. 80s, but Asylum. Pictures, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, and the uh, second one had Tony Todd
1: in it. Yeah, and I was just wondering, what the fuck was Tony Todd doing in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, 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 what was he doing there? It, it, it's like, I mean, why was he in murder set pieces? It's like, I mean, Jesus Christ. And we've got a new poster
0: in Section Nine Studios. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's Holocausto
1: uh, Cannibal. terra Firmer. Yeah. I don't
0: know. If I you know, know else, like solo. the whole time. Also,
1: yeah, we we, we watched Terra Firmer as well fucking trauma
2: the entire time we were recording this podcast i could not stop staring at it like it's actually freaky so, <laughs> it's, i have no idea me, what the so hell it's going for on me there.
1: that that's just par for the course man i mean shit like,
2: all i see is like this naked chick with blood coming down or some i don't know it looks like a penis coming out of her mouth
1: i don't it, know it, what it, it is. it's a ste- elbow maybe it, it's a steak bro a come, steak? come on now yeah it's a steak you can't even tell but how can I how can you not crazy. tell what that is that's that's <laughs> so clear it's it's precise quite precise that movie scares me you haven't even seen it yet
0: no and i'm scared to
1: (laughs) oh i have such sights to show you motherfuckers god damn Mm -hmm.
0: well you know what i'm gonna show you two girls one cup no i'm fine with two girls (laughs) one cup
1: bro i mean that doesn't phase me at all man come on now Uh, i don't know if i can see it we watch we watch trauma film we watch trauma films come on now yeah
2: Am I allowed Seriously. to say uh, one man, one jar on live television?
1: Oh God!
2: I say television, but yeah,
1: that that's <laughs> quite, that, that's quite a thing. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's terrible, guys. We watch each of the
0: killers, so Ooh. yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah.
1: that's not that fucked up. Watch everything once. I
0: mean, the movie literally starts with the cum shot. Come shot? <laughs> shot. The come shot. shot. Credits.
1: The credits. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Come shot.
0: Come on, that was my dad joke on the that episode.
1: It. It, it does that qualify as a dad joke? Like, I mean, it's it's
0: an inappropriate dad joke, but it, a dad joke. It's the same category Gross. of puns, you know. Because uh, I, I, I'm a expecting dad, so I have to work on my dad humor and oh my dad my bod. God. Your dad bod, my dad bod. It's on its <laughs> way. I need to get dad tats.
2: Oh wait, no, it's already here. What,
1: what, what qualifies is what qualifies as dad tats. Shoulder tats. Metallica, Shoulder tats. Oh
2: my God. One on each side?
1: Metallica. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> <This>
2: motherfucker. <Mega>
0: see <laughs> CFH tats. A Harley or... <laughs> Davidson
1: on one arm. Oh, oh, my God.
0: I I like how I, uh, I I motion to my shoulders, but they can't see me. They can't see you.
1: No, they, they can't see you. And in... The government can. Yes, they can. Your rifle. Oh, yeah, and they, they, they the put government... drugs in your food. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so all the high fructose corn syrup? God damn it. I,
0: I'll believe it. I, I cut myself off soda, actually, for the most part. I treat myself once in a while. But yeah, yeah. I treat yeah. myself... <laughs> You want to know what
1: I cut out? Animal byproducts. That's your Intermission.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Stop overloading my goddamn mics,
0: <laughs> bastards. Sorry. Fuck. We just had to protect the world from Bo's vegan preaching.
1: Oh, God. my God.
0: What do you say? Meat is murder?
1: Meat is murder. Dairy is rape. Oh, man. That's so cliche. That's so... Ugh, I, I don't, care. I, I, don't care. I, I don't care. I don't care if you cringe. It. You're going to hear it, and I'm going to make you watch Earth League's. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Well, I you promise know what?
2: You, no matter what movie I watch, no matter what no matter what I do, I will still continue to eat meat and drink dairy.
0: And I abuse the cuckoos <laughs> in Zelda. I abuse <laughs> the cuckoos <laughs> in Zelda. That's good. Always have to abuse the cuckoos. <sighs> Gotta get the chickens. Free, free
1: the cuckoos. Free them all.
0: You would like that one mission in uh, Fable 3 where you have to free the chickens?
1: Yes. I, I say them. free all the chickens. Chickens are decent people. Chickens are people too? Yes. Though? Arise, chicken. You ever see chicken wrong, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah man yeah man come, come on haven't have y'all ever seen chicken run i mean jesus christ i barely remember it but yeah get out of here oh whatever get out of here whatever i'm walking here Walls and Gron- i'm stuff. walking here <laughs> damn
0: guys what's next what's next what's the next real movie we're doing not, not to say that indie movies aren't real movies, but I mean, like, what's the we're doing, full-length film?
1: Well, I think we already went over this in the episode. We're doing Bullet. 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 Oh, yeah. We That's we are right. doing Bullet. Bullet. Yeah. Steve McQueen's Bullet. Straight up.
0: Damn. We're doing No Man's Sky, and then later on, we're doing uh, indie indie game Hello Neighbor. Which is a lot of oh, fun. man. I'm, I'm
1: actually looking forward to that. Hello Neighbor is actually a really good show. It's awesome. Or a, a really good game, I should say.
0: Ooh, and you guys are in for a treat for our 420 special. Oh, oh yeah. wow. I don't I don't want to spoil it yet, but uh you're going to love it.
1: Well it's, then don't. It's oh, related sorry. to Yeah, Zelda. yeah. What what are you doing? Why are you why are you even going to tease us?
2: If you love this game, you're going to have a love-hate relationship with the next one.
0: It's love, a love-hate
1: relationship, huh?
2: It, it, it,
0: it's we'll stick It's with for that. the viewers. Everything's for my viewers, all 5 of them. All 5 of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, 5 of them is right.
0: I'm just kidding. I know I think we're at like uh let's like check like 34 downloads and that was I think before I uploaded the infamous episode so I need to check it out again but yeah, guys,
1: co- collateral cinema is now at 1340 downloads wow.
0: Woo! We don't want to make light of our follower count actually we're so happy with any any down any person that downloads this app um whether you're friend family or you're someone I've never met which actually is kind of even cooler Yeah uh oh, we're yeah. so happy Clutteral Cinema Clutteral Gaming uh we just want to share content with you guys and we're so happy to do it i mean we're having a blast uh this is this is just our hobby and uh we we love doing this we love producing content we oh, love talking about oh, things oh it,
1: it might be your hobby but this is pretty much my profession
0: Oh Yeah. Well, Ooh, you, wow. I know, man. That's This is your career. Yeah,
1: but this is professional for me.
0: Your career is your hobby. I mean, that, that's the best part. You know what oh, I mean? You hell do yeah. what you love. Yeah. Nothing beats that.
1: Oh, t- yeah. Tell me about it. I mean, seriously.
0: Yeah, I mean... It's not really work if you love it.
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: Exactly. And that, that that's more than can be said for our shit job. Yeah. Oh.
1: Fuck all that bullshit. Damn
0: <laughs> well, it. Well, it, it's, it, it's entry-level retail, so... I can't say anything. I mean it's the best job I've had. I, I keep coming back to it, but yeah. it yeah. pays the bills. It yeah. pays the bills. I mean something to eat. Yep.
1: But Yeah, yeah, I gotta have something to eat, right?
0: As with any retail food service, I mean, there's bullshit and I'm excited to branch out and, you know,
2: have a real job one of these days.
1: <laughs> I think I had one of those.
2: Right What's <laughs> a real job? <laughs> We're sitting here talking into mics.
1: Real job. This is a real job. Yeah. What are you talking about? I sure hope so.
2: Yeah, don't belittle
0: this, man. This is this is following our dreams. Like you want to sit in an office at nine to five? Fuck that shit. You know what I mean? No. Unless that's what hell, you like.
1: Hell no. Hell no. Or, or little cuticles. break your back for some Cup- assholes. Cubicles. Yeah, seriously. Yes. Fucking and assholes.
0: Guys, we would love to make this our career. I mean, Doug. If this ever picks up, if this shit goes, I mean, I'd put all my time into this. I'd quit my job. If we start making well, money on this, well,
1: Ash, that means that we need to start pushing the Patreon and Podbean Patreon accounts.
0: Yeah, that's
2: right.
1: And we will be working on our first uh, actual video for Patreon, right, Robert? Yeah, we will get. Yeah, it's going to gonna be it. like a it's going to be like a movie recommendation sort of thing. It's going to be exclusively for patrons. Uh, we are going to get merchandise together to start giving to people at various tiers. So uh, look look for that very soon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh. Patreon.com slash Collateral Cinema Movie Podcast. Or I think it might be AC Cinema Podcast.
0: Guys, that's all the time we have for today. But, um, hey, stay tuned for uh, next week's, or next episode's Collateral Gaming Extras.
1: Extras. Yep.
0: You got it. All right, guys. uh, We're out.
1: Laters.
0: Get get out of here. Go. No,
1: no. You you aren't going to tell me to get out of my studio.
0: No, 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 I mean the viewers. like
1: The viewers, up. they can stay in the studio. You need to go. <laughs> oh,
0: you just got <laughs> called out. <laughs> Boy, no, I'm guys, just playing. I'm just guys, playing, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing else. Why are, you, why are you still listening? There's everything else, ladies and
1: gentlemen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have the last word, by Collateral Gaming is an L Company production. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators are used for educational purposes only and are fair use. Please don't sue us. We're poor.